You're listening to Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast, hosted by Andy and Brian. quote of the day is, perhaps you are overvaluing what you don't have and undervaluing what you do. Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life. Wow. That seems like, you know, that when I think about that, I actually think about my entire life. And consumerism and so many pieces come in my head when I think about this. And it is extremely interesting how we don't put our thoughts into the right areas. And we devalue ourselves so often. And we think if we could only have that, which feeds consumerism big time. But it is the fact that we always are thinking that the have nots are in the wrong places. Yeah. I mean, I, I love how applicable this quote is in every aspect of life for sure. You know, and yeah, he is using this in the context of, um, your own attributes, your own strengths, you know, um, and it's just so, uh, easy to to say you're you're overvaluing the things other people have you're you're trying to keep up with the joneses you know but that's that's kind of the point though um he's talking about not comparing yourself with uh anyone else just uh yourself from yesterday right well i mean that's a messed up way to read the rule the actual rule is compare yourself to who you were yesterday not to who someone else is today. Right. And that's the interesting thing about that is that from definitely from an Eastern philosophy, Buddhist perspective, that is the basis right there. What we're talking about of why we're in what we call samsara, which is the world of pain, the things that keep us bond, you know, kind of bound down and stuck is for the fact that we are constantly trying to get the next best thing and thinking outside of ourselves, thinking that if I only had the next iPhone and we just had the next iPhone come out and constantly thinking that I need to be that or looking at other people around you. And that's something as content creators we've talked about we create this podcast and there's you know there's a lot of other therapeutic podcasts spiritual podcasts that are out there and you could go crazy comparing yourself to one of these other ones saying well we're not quite good enough right and this could get stuck that wrong (laughs) you know oh and it's maybe not necessarily about the you know the things 
about the podcast. Maybe it was about ourselves. Like, oh, I don't feel like I, I know enough or my skills are inadequate compared to that person's. I have no business, you know, being here as a podcaster. <laughs> you can go on and on and on. It's so easy to find the, the, the negatives. Um, and that is why this, this is such a good quote. But it also does something else. The other part of the quote is comparing yourself to what you did yesterday and making it better. That's the part of legacy. That's the part of your life that you can really look at and change. Things you cannot change outside things. Those are the things that are out there that you're comparing yourself to. Cannot change them. Things mm -hmm. are going to, there's always going to be somebody that you know, he brings up. There's always going to be, you're the vice president and somebody's the president. Or, you know, there is always that type of comparison. And you will always find there's another podcaster, a better guitarist, another better business, somebody better financially than you are. There will always be that person. But if you constantly are striving to do better today than what you did yesterday, it always gives you that line in the sand for yourself that, so you can actually make change. So this is the constant. You can actually do something about that. And that's the key point. Yeah, and, and we really need to shift the focus. I love his... Um... He brought up Dr. Simon's uh, experiment with the gorilla um, in this chapter. And, and listeners, this is extremely important. Um, it is evidence that you really only see what you focus on. So to recap, Dr. Simons has these participants watch a movie of people passing a ball, right? And like they're, they're like, some people in white shirts and some people in black shirts and you know they're they're just asking the participants to count how many times the ball has passed so they're watching it and you know they count it and they're like it was passed 15 times which is the correct answer and then lo and behold that's not what the study was about uh he then asked them did you see the gorilla and the majority of them in fact it might have been every single person didn't see the gorilla but they replay the exact same video. And there is a gorilla that is like dancing or moving around in the middle of all of this. And none of the participants saw it because they were so focused on watching the ball get passed. So you only see what you want to see, in other words. You know, you, you literally can't see other things if you're not focused on them. And, and that is so amazing because uh, if you're only focusing on what you uh, don't have, if you focus only on your weaknesses, then you will absolutely, you cannot, it is impossible to see your strengths. You, you, you can't. You can't do both. So there's a lesson here that um, really it is a shift 
in what you're paying attention to, what your aim is, what your goal is uh, to, to pay attention. Easier said than done, of course, you know, because we, we get swept up in, in into all these different things going on in our lives. And so, you know, the question does become, how do you stop and pay attention a little bit better? So, and I, I think that when I take a look at it from the mindfulness perspective, right, that is the piece that I see in this that is very important because when you're, and he brings it up, focus, mindfulness brings your focus and awareness to now and not to a lot of what has happened, what's compare you're comparing yourself to others, really taking a look and seeing where is it that I can improve outside of, you know, trying to compare yourself to somebody else. How can I improve myself today in a positive way that's going to build? And, and he brings up this, it's incremental changes over time, small incremental changes, in fact. Very. That, right. That in the end, and, and in a year from now, you will see a huge change, but you don't know it while you're doing. In five years, you'll see a very big change. But it's making these small incremental pivots and adjustments along the way every day that makes a huge difference. And when we don't do that and we think that we just need to leap into something, and they've proven that it doesn't work. You can't just leap into something and all of a sudden, you know, I, I couldn't just pick up a guitar and not knowing any chords, not knowing anything, and just start being Jimi Hendrix. It just doesn't work like that. No Small way. Small incremental practice, practice, practice. Even, you know, even the best guitarists are practicing all the time because they want to incrementally get better than what they were yesterday. And they're amazing guitarists today. But that's the only way to get better. And so many times we, because we don't see the future tomorrow oh i have to be there tomorrow that's what i have to be doing i have to be because we don't see that happening we get very frustrated and give up but it's the small incremental pivotal changes that actually make more successfulness or bring more successfulness so in the world of um therapy uh we look at that and we call it behavior activation um that in cognitive behavioral therapy um it's just the term that we use to basically say, dumb it down, simplify. You know, how can you, how can you do something so simple that you activate movement, you activate progress? You know, um, he brings up the concept of aiming lower. That was actually, uh, that was in the running for our quote of the day, just <laughs> aim lower. Um, but that is an incomplete thought. That is an incomplete quote because he, what he's really saying is you start small. You aim lower at first to go high. And there is a saying in, um, at least in, in the music world, when you're practicing something new, 
go fast or um, go slow to go fast. You know, if, if uh, so I'm a drummer, listeners, um, in addition to, to being a therapist, not a professional drummer, just a hobby. I, I'm, I'm not the best, but I'm not comparing myself to other people, right? Just to myself. Okay, I'm comparing myself a little bit to, to other drummers. It's fine. It's okay. No one's perfect, right? But uh, what I'm getting at here is like, there are things on the drums that are really tough. I mean, you have four limbs going at the same time. And in order to get that down, you have to go slower. You go so slow that it's real easy. I mean, you're talking like hitting one drum at a time going at like 40 beats per minute. Really slow, really, really slow. But you have to do that over and over and over again. And as soon as you're able to accomplish it at that speed, you up the tempo. And so that is the same thing that you do with everyday life stuff. You don't just say, well, my sleep schedule is way off. So tomorrow I'm going to get up at 4.30 in the morning and uh, I'm going to be super productive tomorrow and I'm going to do that every day this week. No way. No way. You can't. That's too high of an expectation. That is not starting uh, simple. Unless you've been getting up at like five. Maybe it's a little bit easier. But if you're getting up at like seven and you want to get up at 430, that's too big of a change. Start slower. 645 instead of seven. Or even at seven. Or at like seven, seven, at six fifty-five, six forty-five, six. Yeah. You know, just small incremental changes from seven. Five minutes. That's all you five need. minutes. Well, and this is the interesting thing I tell people when they're doing their meditation practice that you start with that five minutes. You, you don't go from not meditating to two hours worth of meditations. You just can't do it. But can you do it for five? Absolutely. Will your will your mind be crazy busy and you'll feel like you're not didn't accomplish anything? Yes. The first few times you will get to the point to where five minutes will seem excruciatingly long and your mind will be busy and they call it monkey chatter. But the fact that you're paying attention and you notice that, that's the first part of meditation and being a meditator is noticing the chatter noticing your mind going a million you know bits per second it's going it's going but over time you start calming that five minutes and then you work to 10 minutes can i be calm for 10 minutes can i have that centeredness can i focus on an object for 10 minutes and then over time you're up to two hours but you definitely couldn't start there um and it's interesting that he brings up so many different things about this. Um, and I find that that is so useful. What was one of the things that you really thought that was a good analogy in this? Oh, good analogy. Let's see. Putting me on the spot here, Andy. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, let's see. What was a good analogy? Oh, I have to come back. Um I put him on the spot, folks. See, see, that's a, that's the that part. That part out. Andy. Yeah, we'll edit that part out. <laughs> I have to remember that. I put you on the spot because I was like, 
hey, I'm going to interview. Ask him a cool question. Yeah. Uh, I know you also take a ton of notes. I try to. Yeah, it's mostly time. just quotes that I think are really cool. Um, I thought it might be interesting. I thought it might be interesting if I ask you things like that. Like, what was your favorite part of this or something, you know, little pieces to help kind of interview back, you know, interview you a little bit. Cause I always, I'm, I've been interviewing people for a while now. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I am so sorry. I wasn't, I guess in true fashion here, I wasn't looking for analogies. And so I don't see any analogies. I okay, so I, we won't talk uh, about analogies. So well, let's cut that. So we'll cut the whole bit about me asking you anything. So then I will say, what was, Brian, what was your favorite part of this book that really stood out? So far? Um, honestly, I, I really, really did enjoy um that that gorilla thing that was so great if you if you really think about it um it's it's blatantly obvious and we're just not paying attention we don't see it and so here we are going through our days focusing on our weaknesses focusing on what we don't have focusing on what's wrong in the world what's wrong with us don't like my body. I don't like my hair. Oh, I am socially awkward. Oh, I didn't perform well on that test. Or, you know, I'm underperforming at work. All these things, all these things. And if you were to quantify it and add it up against all the things that you're doing right, you're still getting an A grade, I imagine. You know, add it all up. This is the part that is interesting to me. And I'm going to say this coming from my perspective. And I've noticed that I do this. I've, I've done this a lot more all my life. Not so much. I've been working on it recently. But comparing myself in a very negative light. And seeing the inadequacies and flaws of myself in comparison to someone else and i get so caught up in it that the negative mindset is sustaining and especially if you do it day after day uh for instance if you work with somebody who is a superstar at whatever they're doing you know at whatever they do and then you compare yourself constantly. You're working with them every day. You just focus on, oh, look, he's such a superstar. I wish I could be that superstar. And the one thing that we forget is that not everybody has the same talents. And he brings this up quite often in this book or in this section right here, as well as in, I think in other sections, about the fact that you need to focus on yourself and like yourself, see yourself as a value. And then additionally, realize that you have talents that others don't. There's something unique about you that is worthy and is a treasure. And 
focusing on that and seeing that it doesn't mean that you can't get better at something else, mm -hmm. but not putting all of your emphasis on how you're lacking where you could say, part of my journey is to get better at this. I see my friend do that. And then I ask him questions like, how do you do this so well? And sometimes they'll help you give you hints on how to increase your productivity in that area. But I think additionally, really noticing your gifts and mm -hmm. focusing on that as well and improving those. Well, I think um, he, he does make a point to say that um, self-growth is, uh, is winning, is a sign of success, you know. Um, he mentioned right that there are there are all the are all these people that are the best at what they do right jimmy page and you know uh, i mean we could talk about uh sports figures like michael jordan you know joe namath whatever like whatever you want there are these people that really are the epitome of greatness but then he adds in this arbitrary domain it's one domain where they are the greatest and this is the interesting part that he brings up as well they're the greatest in that part but i i'm going to take um and i i a lot of people look up to rich people as somebody to oh how did they get rich they have such a cool life and i've known so many depressed rich people who you don't realize how much effort it really takes, unless you're just given some money because you're old money. Most of us have to really work hard. And to be rich, that means that you have to give up a whole lot of other things to get to that level. That means working, working nights and days. Um, and that's exactly it. There's a trade-off. So sometimes what we think we value really isn't, it's just that on the outside, it looks like a sign of wealth, but actually things like what you're talking about, self-growth, positivity, being able to pass that on to your kids mm -hmm. is wealth beyond measure. Yeah, Being able to see the value in yourself and others is really, truly a treasure. And that is those success. If you're able to do that, you know, so we're, we're, we're switching, um, or we're reframing what being successful is, you know, uh, it's maybe not being rich. It's maybe having experiences that rich people forego to be rich. <laughs> Well, being able yeah. to have a family to be so a lot of I know a lot of very wealthy, rich people that are single who put all of their effort into, you know, getting their company going and they sacrifice their family to do so. And when they look back, especially when you think about uh, Turner Network, so Turner mm -hmm. was has said many times in many books and in many interviews that the biggest regret he had was the way that he treated his ex-wife and his family to get to where he's at. 
Always trade-offs. And, you know, uh, I can think of some, some people that I know that indeed are well off, very, very uh, financially secure. Um, and they, they don't have the experiences, you know, they, they cut things out. They don't do the vacations. They don't do the, the enjoying a, a night out on the town very often or anything like that. So it's like, what is, what is important to you? What is the most important thing? And that is what you aim for. If money is the most important thing, then you're giving up other experiences to get there. Right. And if I'm not saying that money doesn't help. So money does no. help. You have to have a certain base and it goes back to that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to. And I think this is where we're going with this is that it's not the end all to be all. No. Yes. You have to have a certain amount of wealth to be able to sustain yourself and to think about retirement. So having a retirement fund and things like that are smart. There's nothing wrong with it, but by itself, it's not the end. It's not yeah. the sign that you are a wealthy individual. Well, and, and you, you really do need to um, get to know yourself. Like he talks about, you know, like, you know, the, the great, uh, wasn't it Socrates that said, know thyself, or was that, uh, yeah, that was Socrates, know thyself. And this is why it's so important, because otherwise you're going to should. And when he brought that up in the book, I was so excited. I was like, yes, yes, he is a psychologist. Like, he is a therapist. He does know. He does know. And that made me so happy, because I harp on that. I think that is the worst. And that's really what this chapter is about that you are shooting yourself into, into this box that you actually don't want to be in, you know, and you're, you're comparing yourself saying you should be all these different things when really you, you're, you, you're perfect just the way you are to quote, to quote Bruno Mars or whatever that song is, right? Like the idea is here, that um, you have so many things to contribute and so many things that you're doing well at. Um, if you can, if you can learn to look at that and use that, you know, and, and maybe you have to, and this is a direct quote from the book, maybe you have to decide what to let go and what to pursue. There's too many things in this world that you can pursue, too many things that you want to be, and, and, uh, you can't do them all. So you've got to be very purposeful and deliberate in what you do. And a lot of the times you should on yourself say, I should do this. And so then you're pursuing something that you actually don't want to pursue deep down. So you need to know yourself. You need to get to know you are a stranger. As the book says, you know, what is it that matters? What is it that you believe in? What is it that you value? What makes you, you, Interview yourself. Spend time with yourself. Write down your thoughts. What questions would you ask someone if you really wanted to get to know them? Those important questions. Not like what kind of pizza do you like or what's your favorite color. Like that, that stuff doesn't matter. But like what's like 
what brings value to you? Why are you pursuing what you're pursuing? What brings you joy? If there's only one person you could be with and why, who would it be? You know, like deep questions. Know thyself. You know, it's funny. My dad used to say that to me all of my life. Um, and I, he was always constantly, uh, he, when I was about eight or nine, he would come to me and say, look at yourself in the mirror and think and say out loud. Sometimes I am the great, whatever your name is. And my name was Andy. <laughs> so I am the great Andy. And looking at yourself wanting and what he was trying to say is I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know who you are. And my biggest discussions with him over the years have been, you know, you're somebody who would pick up a book of art and understand what the art's meaning and what it's about. Not everybody gets that. And not everybody hears music. Like, for instance, uh, as a drummer, I'm sure that you, one of the things that you pick out of songs is the drum patterns. Yep. And what kind of drums they're picking up. But I do that same thing with guitar because we have a gift that has been given to us. And it's for the loving music. And that's another, that's, it may not be the best drummer or the best guitarist but a love for music where we really enjoy it and enjoy being part of it and feel it's a really big art for both of us. Now the pieces that most of us forget is that's the base. That's the love. That's what got you into this. And we get so caught up with the details of should I should be doing this. I, I love that. I love that word. And you know, what's so interesting. I was thinking about this additionally is the reason why we both have students and clients is mostly because of this shooting. I would say 90% of what people talk to me about is their sense of self and wanting to figure out who they are internally, yeah. spiritually, and I'm sure mentally. And that's why we see clients because they get to a point and you, unless you're court ordered, you come to a therapist or to a spiritual teacher to be able to understand yourself better. You got to a point in your life where you're like, something else is out there and I need to find it. And I'm not happy with where I'm currently at. And I would say that 90 to 95% is the shooting. I should oh, be doing this. I should be doing that. Well, life is going to be difficult regardless. There's always going to be issues. And then we compound on it by, by having these really inaccurate, unrealistic expectations of ourselves. Um, you know, even, I mean, pick the issue. Even with trauma, you know, trauma is going to cause some problems in a person's life be it relationships, be it self-esteem, whatever, you know, and then because people don't understand how trauma affects a person, they say, well, I shouldn't be struggling like this. 
you know, I shouldn't be this, like, I'm. there's something wrong with me. And it's like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're actually reacting to it the way a person ought to react to it because it was trauma. You, you ought to be scared when a car door gets shut if you're used to hearing bombs or something like that because you've, you've served in the, in the in the armed forces or something like that. And so someone slams a car door and it puts you back. You ought to, right? Because it was survival. Like you needed to be aware of what was going on. And you're like, oh, I shouldn't get afraid. It's just a car door. To your mind, it's not just a car door. It's a bomb. You know, if there was sexual trauma or anything like that, like, and you're, and that's impacting relationship, whatever it is, you should be reacting. And this is where I will should. There's a time and a place for everything. And I will say that, it's realistic and you should be having these reactions to things based on your past experiences. So what do we do to improve that one day at a time? Right? Cause you don't want to be reacting to a car door slamming like it's a bomb that will interrupt life for sure. Should you react to it that way? based on your life experience yeah because that's what kept you alive again having your wits about you and now it's just no longer serving your the purpose right so we're switching it so you can't you can't compare yourself with anyone but yourself um and you're comparing it to yesterday can you be a little bit better today can you be kinder to yourself today with your experiences, with your reactions, with the challenges that you that you're struggling with? Can you wake up one minute earlier today than you did yesterday if you're wanting to get into a better sleep routine? Just one minute. It's Just five minutes. Journey. That's better. Yeah, it's all about the journey. And that's the one thing that is really impressed upon here is it's it's about the journey not the destination. Yeah. So many times we think that that's, you know, that the destination is going to make us happier. And it's actually, if you do it right, the journey makes you happier because you're in the progress of being, having a positive mindset, creating a positive mindset. I am, I am going to get to where I want to go. And it's the little incremental changes and being able to celebrate those that you're able to say, you know, I am better than I was yesterday. And being able to, the biggest thing again, is to really be positive about those changes and seeing them and congratulating yourself on, and having gratitude for the opportunity to do this. I, I'm happy that you bring up the congratulate yourself, uh, reward yourself, right? Um, right. You need to reward yourself. Yeah, you hear, you hear a lot of comments, uh, well, you know, well, why should I reward you for doing your job or for doing the things that you should be doing? I mean, that's just, that's just the basic thing. I'm not going to reward you because you're wiping your bum after you use the bathroom. Like you shouldn't be rewarded for that, except for you are rewarded for that as a kid. Absolutely. Are you not? Absolutely. There's a point in time for everything to be congratulatory yeah. over. 
So Definitely. if you are making progress and in this thing that you're working on, you are you are a child in it. It is challenging. It is difficult. Consistency is not happening. You reward. You are a child in the progress. Right? A kid that is using the potty for the first time deserves applause. Absolutely does. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're, we're going back to the basics here. You do deserve a reward if it is challenging for you. 100%. Absolutely. So go reward yourselves for, for whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, that whatever it is that you're working on, it gets even a little bit of, of progress. And for listening to this podcast, I, I applaud everybody who listens to a podcast podcast about self-help and trying yeah. to uh, help increase their emotional IQ as well as their growth as a person. I, I applaud anybody who tries to do that. So, Absolutely. Um, I, one last thing. You had asked me um, about analogies from this chapter. And I, there was the one analogy about uh, an appraiser with a house and how um, the appraiser comes in and looks at all the issues with the house and is trying to determine the value of the house and everything wrong that needs to be fixed um, versus the, the renovator who goes in and looks at the house who sees it as this fixer up or who sees all the potential, who sees, I mean, sure, there's things that aren't maybe the best and that need to be improved, but they see this awesome structure that is going to become better than what it is right now. And that is, I think, the analogy that I want to, 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 to point out here for people. So we are all fixer-uppers. We all have issues, sure, but there is greater potential. And we can look at that. We can see that archway that needs uh, a little bit more support, or it can be turned into this cool architectural feature. It's not, a, it's not an issue after all, it has character, adds charm, okay? So change the viewpoint. We're not the appraiser, we are the renovator, looking at the cool things that are gonna come our way down the road. I think I'm gonna drop the mic there, my friend. All right, cool, mic dropped. <laughs> Good way to end it. Good way to end it. Yeah. Okay, so where can people reach us, Brian? On that note, where can they reach us? So please reach out to us on Instagram. We are gurus.podcast. Or is it just gurus podcast? Gurus podcast one. Gurus at, podcast one at, at gmail.com. Yep. And the, the Instagram handle is gurus podcast. And uh, you can um, find us eventually on Facebook. I am, I think I said this in the last episode, 
My goodness. Remember that thing that we were talking about not too long ago about making small incremental changes being really, really, really slow and deliberate in the approach? I just need to like create and uh, go into the account and open it up. Maybe that's how I get the Facebook page going. Anyways, look out for a Facebook page that should be coming or will be coming. I just showed it on myself. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a Facebook page. We have the Instagram. We have the, the email. Please reach out. And Twitter. And Twitter. And Twitter. Got We've got all those things. And so uh, spread the word. Um, if you appreciate what we're doing, if you have comments, uh, suggestions, we want to hear from you. Please reach out. That is all. You guys take care. And have a good day.